Hey, it's a me, a Jake. A Mario. <laughs> and Mario. Sorry, I went first. I was excited because guess who's back? Back again. That means we're talking Star Wars, right? Because the Star Wars guys. Mario's back. Mario's back. That's and his name is Mario. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Hey, 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 hey. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it's a surprise. We're a little bit of Star Wars, but this is our Echo episode with Donald, the Star Wars guide. And he, it's really kind of weird because, like, I was planning to do this by myself. And I'm going to talk what if after we're done with our uh, with our episode after we talk Echo. But you, like, messaged me out of nowhere. And you're just like, hey, have you watched Echo yet? And I'm like, no, but I plan on watching it in, like, the next couple of days. Do you want to join me? Yeah, I, no, I have. Well, it was great to be on tonight's show. I really appreciate it, Jake. I gotta go, but uh, cue the music. Hello, and welcome to Don't Evolve Me, the place like Ash, Cash, and Pikachu. We don't evolve, we just... Level up! Hi, Donald. I still hate it. Except for Squirtle. <laughs> you still... You He's hate cool. the intro? No, you I hate Pikachu? Ash's Pikachu. <laughs> should be a Raichu, damn it. I know. I will say for uh, someone growing up, and this might be like my neurodivergence ADHD self, but the fact that he never evolves pikachu just like annoyed me because i'm like no he must be more powerful why isn't he evolved why is this not a raichu and i feel like admitting that like kind of kills the whole like mystique of the show because it's called don't evolve me you know and ash ashes pikachu yeah, is like but... our mascot almost no let's be honest squirtle should be the mascot man Squirtle is way cooler than we're total in blast ice. The Squirtle Squad 007. Squirtle it's my squad, gamer yep. tag. It's everything. <laughs> Squirtle Squad. Uh, Squirtle Squad. Alone. Usually I, uh, it's weird because you're going against the leveling up, and usually I'm like, gosh dang it, or evolving, and I'm like, we need to evolve. This is crazy. <laughs> now you're like, oh, we need to evolve. Now I'm saying don't evolve. <laughs> but anyway. All right. So we're talking Echo. I'm talking What If after we're done talking Echo. Donald, welcome to Season 2. All right, let's get into it. What have you been nerding out to? You have uh, you told me you've oh. been into things. It's winter now. You can't be outside. You have to actually, like, I mean, you can't I know. Winter is awful, so I started doing stuff inside. Have any of your fans played the game Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories? On the PlayStation 1. <laughs> I don't know, fans. Have you played it? I, I don't remember. I don't think I ever played let me, it. Let me just say, the <clears throat> game is such a grinder. It's so fun, so challenging. And it's as an adult, you too. understand how the gameplay works. Mm-hmm. And it's great. <laughs> the greatest Yu-Gi-Oh game ever made. Just because of the challenge and just because of the way it's played. And once you understand right. the mechanics, you understand what you actually have to do to beat the game. Because, be honest, as a kid, not knowing the mechanics or thinking it all the way through is like, this game's impossible to win. Knowing the mechanics, and this is without cheating our ROMs or any of those garbage 
things that people use to get the good cards and actually grind uh, it out yeah. is murder. <laughs> and it's murder? just been super fun because it brings back nostalgia. Nice. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you got to battle these people a hundred times. What uh? What, in order to get the right card. What game is this again? This is called Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. Forbidden Memories for PS2? You've never played it? I don't think PS1. I have. PS1. Wait, Yu-Gi-Oh! was Jake. a thing? PS1? Yeah, it was a thing. It was the greatest Yu-Gi-Oh! game ever made. Huh. I always thought it was like well, PS2 on. It's fantastic. It's got a cool story. It's got the original thought-through story, not the... Uh, not the arc that the Americans got. Okay. It's because we got the weirdo arc thing that happened. And, yeah. Well, we got some of the Kaiba arc where he was actually a good guy, not a bad guy. But you pretty much get the actual arc of the whole entire series and story. You actually get to see Isis in it before we even knew who this character was. In season two. It was great. It was phenomenal. The game's yeah. awesome. The only problem is it's really, really addicting. It's like Pokemon, you know, when you want to grind it out. Yeah. Except the grind is about a thousand times longer. <laughs> Or a PS1 game. So, trying to watch the shows, yeah, trying to do all this stuff. And I'm like, nah, I don't want, I'd rather play Yu-Gi-Oh! for Ben Marie's. So I turned Getting back into Yu-Gi-Oh! I, uh, I had a game night. And it was mostly uh, Sapphire's like, co-workers. And one of her co-workers' boyfriend, I believe, uh, he came and he saw that I had Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff. And he got very, very excited. And he's like... He's looking through my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. He's like, I need this one. I need this one. Or I'm going to come back with Yu-Gi-Oh cards and we're going to trade. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm trading. I don't know what I want. I just I just collected <laughs> them and I had no intention on giving them away or trading them away. I don't even know what I would trade for. Probably a Blue Eyes White Dragon. If you, uh, Blue Eyes White Dragon, if there is any, just for nostalgic purposes. But that's about it. It's been a I while. I say you should have them come to my house. She look at my Yu-Gi-Oh collection. I guess if pe- some people look at it and they're like, "Man, that thing's worth tens of thousands of dollars." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> it's a cool collection. I love it." All right, um, I'm still ner- nerding out on One Piece. We are 450. Started in September, and we got over f- nearly 600 episodes to go. Woo! Yeah, I was gonna say you'll be nerd on that for a, a good. Long Until the end of 2024 time. at this rate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Avatar, been nerding out. I'm done with book one, if you saw the message. Yep. So we're... Uh, you uh, you caught up? You getting caught up on Avatar? Did you see the new trailer? Yeah, February, man. It's, oh, it's that um, soon. Yeah, I'm going to watch it, it every day. Who is every your day. Avatar guy? It's not me. It's the Avatar day, guy? But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I invited you to be on, on the episode. We're trying to do it next week, hopefully, but that might change. Oh, I'm no, sorry. There were so many messages we were passing back and forth. I was like, oh, okay. I got to work. That's right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Just looked it up and get the notifications off, and I didn't read half of them. No, I have yeah. time for that shit. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, moving on, I've been playing Pokemon Arceus again lately, just doing some shiny hunting. Got about 10 shinies, woo, mostly poison types, unfortunately. And the game that I've been really into, especially this week, because we were supposed to be playing D&D tomorrow, Baldur's Gate 3. That's one of those games where, like, once you finally learn the mechanics, at least for me, like, I'm starting to get into it. I'm starting to, like, learn 
how combat works and how you can like go about it in many different ways. Yeah, that's going to be my D&D fix until we finally get our uh, session one campaign. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I am uh I can't wait either cuz like me, our characters Nike and uh Turlo, we're we're at odds and I'm like I just want to see how this like turns out. We're either going to be <laughs> we're either going to kill yeah. each other or we're going to be best friends. I don't know. It, it's funny. I started trying to practice being an asshole in the mirror this morning and everything <laughs> to make my character a little more stern and just steady so I can, like, yeah, <laughs> be kind of a dick. You were uh, like, ah, I got to make my character was, something of a dick. Your character was, like, such a dick to a point where I was, like, I was almost, like, taking it personal. I was like, hey, we good? Like, man, you uh, you threw a javelin at my neck. <laughs> yeah, man. I just... was an a-hole. I, I was. Um... It was your voice. I was like, "All right, this is the guy we're my guy's gonna pick on." Couldn't do it. Get him. Give me, give me those Viking titties. Javelin thrown. Uh, I like how like successively, pull, like pulled down your pants, even though you're wearing armor. Like I, I yep. feel like that needs to be known. Like my first roll was a critical failure. Got my ass kicked. And then my third role was like a critical success, pulling down your pants. Yep. And I remember listening. I'm just like, man, how do we have not just like acknowledged that? Like I've, I've somehow accomplished like the drunken this. guy that like all of a sudden does something <laughs> really amazing. And people are like, oh, he did it. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I love d so much. I've been playing Baldur's Gate. I've been trying to do Turlo, but it didn't really work out. So I was just like, I'm just going to like be myself. And I'll we'll leave Turlo for D and D, but I'm excited to see more Turlo or like more role play and the uh, Turlo Nike relationship. Yeah, I love All it. Right. I can't wait for the next D and D episode. Oh, me too, man. Me too. All right, let's get into it's time for a new squeaky. All right. According to a Marvel executive, Netflix Daredevil, and along with all the other Netflix shows, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, The Defenders, is now MCU canon. And furthermore, after making that statement, on Disney+, Plus, on the timeline order of the MCU, the Netflix shows are now a part of that order. Donald, what's your thoughts on... Netflix shows finally being known as MCU canon. Oh, I am excited, but also nervous for several reasons that we'll get into. <laughs> Just for a few things on the purposes of the way way I see MCU going and going going forward ahead. But it's exciting to have it, I guess, released as canon, being part of the universe. And hopefully they start doing stuff with it. Especially with Deadpool also finishing up filming. Woohoo, yeah. that's exciting. It's very exciting. Bringing that back in, and hopefully that show also becomes canon. Like bringing a universe together, just the idea of bringing a bunch of these characters in, you know, even as cameo or just small slots or inputs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes a world building. And that's kind of what I don't know I seek when I look at these shows. And that's why I like Avatar so much. You get the world building and expanding. You can go to very micro stories or you can go mm-hmm. to very large capacity stories. I mean, how is this not exciting for people to see that they were able to build this world in together into something like that? And seeing Fisk, it's like, that's going to be a great villain for those people that aren't 
you know, godly powers like Miss Marvel's and the, the Doctor Strange's. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect villain for like the Hawkeyes and the Daredevils, some of the Spider-Mans even to lead mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, you get a perfect setup for a whole bunch of different things. And to me, that's exciting. Yeah, like a small scale end game almost build up with uh, Kingpin. And we'll we'll get yeah. into that in like the future of the MCU, especially with Kingpin, especially with the teaser at the end of Echo. But we're just getting to the news. Other news regarding this: actors are rumored to be ret- to return uh, for Netflix. Bullseye, the actor who plays him, and the actor and actress that plays Foggy Nelson and Karen Page. And I forgot to write down their actual names, and I apologize. But those actors are rumored to return, as well as Kristen Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones, is reportedly wants to come back to play the role as well, which is exciting because I think she's perfect for the role. Yeah, I mean, consistency in role characters is, I would say it is key, but, you know, then again, Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 pulled it off pretty well with Cody Rhodes. So. Yep, yep. I'm okay with, like, I like, recasting's yeah, fine as long as it, like... The character's still like you subtle, know, the same character. Here, you know? Yeah. I will Not say Game of Thrones. Uh I forget which character recasted. It was so weird seeing like I forget oh, Dario going from yeah. like this white hair blonde to like this uh, long hair like brunette, and they're just like, it's the same character. It's like what? Um like Yeah, sure. I didn't recognize that. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, as long as it's like not too main of a focus and they, they kind of put it on the rug and do, they kind of dodge it pretty quickly. All right. I, I like it. I like the idea of keeping the same character. So that's it's exciting to see all these people come back. Same. All right. Some more news. Some MCU-related news. For the first time ever. Actually, the first time in over 10 years. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, has been nominated for the first Ram- Razzie Award in 10 years for the MCU. And I think it's well-deserved. That movie is not great. Yeah, well, that one, the right, uh, this was also, I think maybe it's part of the writer strike and the writers getting tired too because I don't know how they were writing that movie or what their plan was with it. They had some weird beginning, oh, weird middle, yeah. weird end. It was weird. It wasn't put together as you would want to see a movie that it, of that caliber. Agree. I agree. mean, now you don't have Jonathan Majors either anyway, so maybe yeah, it was he, a planned ordeal. Yeah, he was like he the was highlight really, of the film. Yeah, he was the highlight of that film. The rest of it didn't really make. It was chopped and weird. Yeah, so. it was. I've uh, I've expressed my opinions about that movie a lot over the last year, and then the award show that I ended with the episode that I ended with uh, season one, the Don't Evolve Me award show, the Demos, as we were calling it. Ant Man was the most disappointing movie of the year for me. Because to me, that was like supposed to be such a yeah. pillar for the MCU moving forward. It was supposed to be the movie that sets up King, and it just was trash. It was yeah, and it flow like the yeah the the right that yeah for setting up King, it just didn't do that the the best job at setting him up in the way you'd want to. I think Loki did a much better job when we talk about the show Loki on the hand. Like <laughs> we can talk a little bit of Loki too, because this is Loki's mostly an awesome, MCU episode. But, All right, um. I- Two more bits of news, and then we'll kind of talk Star Wars and get into Marvel Echo. Have you heard about Power World? No, I haven't. So 
Power World is like an indie game that's essentially just a ripoff of Pokemon, but with guns. And it's been taking the world by storm, and Pokemon's been desperately really? trying to stew. Yeah, I would look it up. It looks like uh, Pokemon Arceus, but more of it looks like Fortnite meets Pokemon Arceus. And it's like for the first time ever, a Pokemon game that like is actually decently well made. A 3D Pow Pokemon. Power World. Power World. Steam, huh? Yep, 30 bucks on well, Steam. Power. Pokemon with guns. I haven't played it yet. It it looks interesting. Dude, it it looks just like Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like almost very much a ripoff of Pokemon. At least like the actual, the pals. I don't know what they call the... The pals are legit just freaking Pokemon. I mean, there's (laughs) Scizor right there in the picture. Freaking Electabuzz is right there. Yeah. He's one of the main like characters. It's like, that's... Okay. There. This is the one I hope for uh, with Power World. This is the big thing I hope for. I hope that Pokemon takes this, looks at this, and acknowledges the fact that it is possible to make a really good game with Pokemon, and there isn't really much excuse for making a game that's like Breath of the Wild, Survivor, like it's the game that we've been wanting. Put some time into it, and I feel like Pokemon's it just looks incredible, dude. It did, yeah, it looks like a genuinely right like, now. Like, good addictive game, and like yeah. it has like a very uh, RPG layout. And I'm like, man, Pokemon's been kind of lazily making games. I'm like, I hope this like inspires them to make a great game that like takes away Power World almost. Like, I hope it just inspires them. Yeah, I don't know if I'll I hope be. It'll uh, inspire them. I hope they don't just crush it. And- Oh, I don't know if they'll be able to crush it. We'll see. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't want them to call and crush this. It looks like because I, I want the, I want the greatness to come out of this. Yeah, I want the competition. All right. Last bit of news: Star Wars Bad Batch season three has been announced for February twenty first, the day before Avatar on Netflix. And this just brings us into our first topic: Star Wars. So. To start out season two, I released a Demi, which is the Don't Evolve Me mini episode. Demi. Talking about all the Star Wars news, because Dave Filoni is now the main man in charge. He is the chief director, or actually, I don't even know what his title is. He's just the man who's planning out all these Star Wars content. And he renounced some pretty big news. One being Ahsoka season two is coming soon. Heir to the Empire has been confirmed. The Ray movie has been confirmed. And the biggest news of them all, Mandalorian and Groku the movie. Donald, my Star Wars guy, what is your thoughts on all this Star Wars news? Uh, to me, it's an exciting thing to have happen. I mean, Dave Filoni was kind of the big, I would say, wrote the best story so far of all these kind of a one-off Star Wars things that that are happening right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the exciting series of it coming up. I mean, Ahsoka needed a different series. I didn't like the way Ahsoka ended. Great in the middle, great in the beginning, but yeah. having someone that I think I can trust to write the stories a little bit better than this last trilogy to write these movies and having a congruent mind in there to like really head everybody in hopefully a certain common direction, mm-hmm. I think will be amazing for the Star Wars universe. And I take agree. Dave Filoni to run it. 
is going to be awesome. To me, I was excited when they heard there's going to be a Mandalorian and Grogu movie. So I was like, the way they ended that last season, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they kind of ended like a, like an ending, but it wasn't an ending because yeah. it wouldn't make sense for that to be an ending. So I'm excited there's going to be a movie about them, and I can see where they would take the show maybe in a different direction and have the movie really maybe build a different character or something I, like that. There's so many places they could go. It's I'm awesome. curious about this movie because like for the longest time we've been – because we reviewed season three together. Season four was announced – that they were writing, the writing is done, and now this movie's been announced. It's, my question is: is like, is we getting a movie or are we in a season first? Because both were announced. Yeah. Like, where's this movie gonna be dropping? Is it a Mandalorian movie now, and it drops off with Mando and Grogu? They're not part of the Mandalorian seasons now, or like, I'm kind of curious how that works. Or is it gonna mm-hmm. be a season four, and then they're gonna end it with a movie? My biggest concern, and I talked about this on the mini episode too, was I really hope. That the, the decision to make a movie off those two wasn't the whole idea. Like the whole Disney came up to him like, hey, we really want a movie on Groku and Man- Mando because that movie's going to sell. Let's make a movie based on those two because that's going to get some people in the box office. That's going to make us some money. I hope that wasn't like the initial conversation. I really hope it was... John Favreau going to Dave Filoni like, hey, I have this really cool idea for an episode, but it's kind of bigger than an episode. I feel like this could be a movie. Let's talk. Like, I hope it like that's the inspiration for this decision because they already have their show. They already have a good setup for season four. They kind of have like a reset, like they're in their own new place. They have their own goal. Like, Like they have a good foundation. They have a good place to go. Yeah. And it's open. Yeah. It's not tied in one direction. It's just a good reset. And I think a movie makes sense because this is kind of like a partial ending of sorts. But I, yeah, I just hope they have a good idea for a movie and it's not just, we're going to announce this and then we're going to come up with the story. Yeah. And then just to get the ticket sales involved in it. Yeah, I can, I can see that happening. But I, I think Dave Loney, I think. As far as people that have passion for Star Wars, uh, Dave's always been involved in Star Wars in yeah. a lot of capacity. So I'm hoping his passion outdrives some of these weird decisions that, let's be honest, that Disney has been making recently. Yeah, that but sequel I'm, I'm trilogy. Like, <laughs> that sequel yeah. trilogy that we have to review, and you're ready to go, that I'm not, and I'm, I will be. That's the next thing I'm going to focus on. Yeah, I I agree. I I will say this about Dave Filoni. When it comes to Rebels, Clone Wars, he's really good at like expanding the lore of each character, Star Wars itself, the meaning, the themes. I I really love his lore building. And I feel like he's a better writer than George Lucas ever like was, where George was all about like the lore building, especially in the prequel like trilogy. We we just discussed it. We talked about it how he the lore was so interesting just to like relearn and be in that place again. But the script itself is kind of meh where I feel like Dave Filoni isn't like amazing kind of like Ander season one, amazing, yeah. but like he tells an interesting story where it goes in more of an interesting place. Oh, Andor. Oh, season two, okay. baby. <laughs> season season two. two. Season two. Oh, I can't wait. That it was, was rumored for 2024. I think it's going to be early 2025. 
Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Andor. Andor. Oh, I always tell uh, my friends, and they're like, they've watched Star Wars, and like, well, have you seen Andor yet? And they're like, my buddy Anthony and, and Alex are like, no, I haven't seen it. I'm like, that's the best one. It is. <laughs> I will say, it is so good that it like almost... Like, it's almost, like, bad because it's not Star Wars. It's almost too good for Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and like that's my criticism. That direction. I'm like, it's one, it's, it's a slower start with amazing payoff. It's a slow burn with amazing payoff. But it's also so good and so original in its idea that it doesn't feel like Star Wars. Like, it feels too good for Star Wars. That's a pretty good Which criticism. Which is weird to say, I guess, recent, yeah. uh, recent times, so. But season two is going to come out. That was also announced. Any other thoughts on like the Mando, uh, Hair to the Empire movie that we're leading up to? Kind of what I'm, I'm curious is kind of still like our. So I know there's a lot of things that are trying to enhance a little bit of the new trilogy or something like where Disney's going with that. Mm-hmm. They have to realize there was a flop at some point, right, too. So how are they writing that? out or yeah. how are they writing that in to make it better or are they going to write it in to make it worse it sounds like they're trying to make it better but to me it's uh i'm hoping that it kind of fits into the storyline and, and either adds a lot of clarity mm-hmm. or just goes kind of its own direction well, well let's talk about that knowing that yeah let's, let's talk about that because dave filoni has already have experience with making the lore and the background better than the movie itself he did that with clone wars right yeah the prequels trilogy left a lot of the story behind it it was a really good lore building really good world building itself for each movie but the actual story was kind of meh and clone wars did a really good job just filling the gaps between episode two and episode three and also did a really good job in a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to anakin transforming into darth vader Rebels did kind of yeah. a similar thing too of just like that transition period in time in history. And it seems like with Mandalorian, with Ahsoka, they're kind of doing the same thing now too. Whereas the sequel trilogy, not really well written, not a lot of lore. Mandalorian is kind of doing the heavy lifting when it comes to how Palpatine returned, what Snoke is like. Yeah, that's it, what I kind of love. They have the hidden little things in there. Yeah. That's what I think Dave's trying to do. And that's why I think he's the right person to build these movies. Mm-hmm. So him to actually build the movie too and the show, I think is the right direction for them to choose, especially at this time. Yeah. So I don't know if that was Bob Eager's decision coming back or someone's decision up there, but uh, I think it's a great move. I think it's going to be good excellent. On. Yeah, I think I, mean, I hope so. I mean, don't make my hopes too high too and crush them because <laughs> then I'll yeah, stick it again. I mean, here's, here's another thing about Dave Filoni. I don't know he's never really made an Andor project where like, it's just like there's one moment in probably the history of Dave Filoni creations that I was like, God damn. Andor season one, there was a lot of those moments just like, damn. And I can only think of one and that's the Clone Wars finale between Ahsoka and Darth Maul and then execute order 66. Like that was the, probably like one of the few moments where I was like, Holy shit, this is good. The only other yep. couple times is maybe Rebels, uh, the scenes with Darth Vader and Ahsoka, and then Darth Maul and Obi-Wan too. There's a couple moments like that. But I will say, like, Dave Filoni doesn't really have like that five like that five star, like that five star moment like Andor. But <clears throat> all of his 
all the shows are usually good to great. It's somewhere between that range. And I'll, yeah. I'll be, and I think if that's the floor, I'm okay with it. I, I want to see more Andor. I want to see more elite Star Wars content. I just don't know if we're at that point with Disney. I just don't think they have the patience, the time to like sit back and actually make a quality product. It seems like they're more focused on profit. And that's kind of like the problem yes. with Marvel these days. It seems like they're quick to get stuff out, but they're not, they're not taking the due diligence to make it right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you want to talk about more for now or yeah. Let, let's, let's, let's transition. Cause this is star Wars. Is Disney. Perfect time. Let's, uh, let's transition into Echo. And uh, we we talked a little bit about Echo. You asked me you if I watched to... it. I watched episode yeah, one. And I was like, rating? huh? What was that? Yeah, you watched episode one. Let's see what your episode one, one review is. All right. So I watched episode one. And I remember responding to you like, that's a really cool fight. This is a good episode. Like, I can see like why people are like Echo. And you're like, have you watched the rest of it? Come talk to me then. And we did not speak since. And I did not, <laughs> and I did not know what we what you meant by that until I watched all of it, and I was hoping it was. Uh, this is what my hope was when he said that was, oh man, it gets better. Trust me, it gets better. Then we'll talk about it when it gets better. And I, I, I don't know if that's what you meant because I felt like it got worse every episode. You watch it, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> That like was me. The first episode, I was like, "All right, there's there are Daredevil, nice, good action fighting scenes." I'm like, "Oh man, Hawkeye this technically, Hawkeye was technically Hawkeye, in yeah, it, they, even though it was they had it all. I show they were they were just bringing up Echo and kind of giving her backstory a little bit. I'm like, mm. "All right, Echo's kind of a, you know, she's she's badass. Like yeah. even in the comic, she's badass. I'm like, she's badass. This is great. This is great." And then I watched the other four episodes. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I had heart. Yeah, they do. You want to know how like my first like my first viewing was? I'm watching the show. The episode ends, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" I don't remember what happened in this whole episode because it was really hard to follow, and I had to go back and like make myself pay attention so I understood what was happening with the show. So that stressed me out most. Okay. Is that- Echo, I don't know. I'm a huge comic book fan, so I, I've read a lot in my days and reading what Echo is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Echo is a badass female character, obviously is deaf, you know, and, and she's disabled. And Disney's like, you know what? Let's add more to that shit that doesn't actually <laughs> exist in the comics. And I was like... Oh, uh, you're talking about the uh, her culture powers? Her culture powers, yeah. I was like, that, you... She, she, she doesn't have those powers. Like this is an echo. Like that that does that's she's yeah. she's a human. I, oh. I like, uh, you had the perfect opportunity to make another badass female, and you just went, went the culture power side. Which I I have I have oh, a rant. badass female. You had it. <laughs> I have a rant on it, and I want to be careful about how I rant on that piece of it, and I kind of want to wait until yeah, I, I rant I, on it. But I, I am there with you. I don't mind them like giving her new powers. I do not mind that. But I feel like if there's a certain way to go about it that's tasteful. And I feel like with Echo, her story was interesting already. Yep. Her, 
Here's a very sword. good story. That's I was yeah. like, what the heck? <laughs> Just like <laughs> what the are whole, you doing? The whole idea, because like, okay, Daredevil's great because he's blind. He he's grounded. He's this grounded person who has supernatural ability of seeing things in like sonar vision. But he still is blind. He still is disabled, and he still has to like hide his other ability while in like his whole story is great. Echo is kind of like another version of Daredevil, except instead of blindness, it is deafness. And I really like the aspects of like when they just focus on her being a deaf character, her trying to get over those barriers and hurdles, especially as like us. And like when they show her like what she hears and when she doesn't, those transitions, especially in a fight scene, is really cool to kind of get inside her world. And I'm like, this is just like you already have a really good angle and a really interesting side of this character. Them opening up her Native American roots inside of it is also fine, but it didn't seem like they had a plan with it. And it seemed like the everything else was unnecessary to add for five episodes in season one when they already had their story. Yeah, that, that's kind of where my perspective was. Like, you have the cool story to see mm-hmm. someone. You have a cool, badass female already who's, you know, has the... They didn't really even show her vibration sense of power she has when she doesn't hear. She just shows, like, she can actually hear the vibrations mm-hmm. of the objects. Like, that's echo. Like, that's... Yeah. Kind of the same echolocation, but so different from from the objects. She can actually hear the vibrations in them rather than the actual noises, which is huge. So when you swing, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about it really slowly, you hear the... So she can hear the air movement, not the actual sound. They could have easily focused on that, focus on her character building and being, you know, how she lost the legs. They did a little bit in the car accident, which also that was kind of weird. The healing thing that, that came out of nowhere for Echo that doesn't exist from her yeah. mom. So I was like, you know, just, oh, you could have just, like, you, they took the character for me, especially being a diehard fan. I was like, you took the character for what I'm thinking. All right, we're getting Echo. All right, nice. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get like Daredevil's counterpart here from the deaf, the blind. We can see how this character grows up and builds. And they just took it up. When you expect a character to kind of somewhat be close to the comics, and you get yeah. a character that's like, "Yo, this is just yeah, not even comic book accurate at all." And you're like, "Oh," and it kind of put a buzzkill on me. So a lot of people that don't know Echo though either might be mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, that's just fine. It's great." But for me, like, I knew the character, so I was like. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. It also is like it is a buzzkill for that and for like those car- like comic book characters who are just big fans of Echo the character. Seeing that change, it it's hard because it's like it seems unnecessary. It seems agenda driven. And I have more to say on that as well. And yeah, I usually don't talk cool. like I usually don't take like talk politics but i have i think there's some things that need to be said but just like with the idea of like changing her comic book origin there is like a lot of there's a lot of pushback right like people want to see what they read onto the big screen or small screen and when they add unnecessary powers it has to be done right it has to be done well and i don't think they they didn't do it well it was it was not explained well at all it's it was we had five episodes to one learn about this character get to her backstory learn about her relationship with Wilson Fisk 
on top of the fact the weird about, black like, and white flashback yeah <laughs> like also just like her her like who she is the abilities that she has and then at the end she's just given these powers that's the spirit of her tribe it's like it doesn't and she it, passes it, it off to others like, yeah it just doesn't like how did it, she learn to do that how did she like but there wasn't enough building for it to even be the new powers that's why mm-hmm. it's like it, yeah it wasn't if, if they could have done it better i think spend more time to do it sure or maybe delimit it out a little bit more i think it would have been different too for me but it was like you, you're trying to force something force something in there that i guess in the comic book world doesn't exist you got to do it in a way that makes sense. And now yeah. they begin. What I hate is the tease at the beginning with all the characters and they're using, uh, which kind of concerns me about daredevil. They're using daredevil as like a pull in for fans. Yeah. Cause the fan pull in that daredevil comes with is huge. They did that. And they use that daredevil now. scene at the beginning to get everyone bought in and then they close it off. And it's kind of like, yeah, I wish daredevil. I, like I wish they would have just kept in New York. Because I think one yeah, echo. That's what I think too. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna start my rant now. Remember echo was the, also a villain in this movie, yep, or the yep. not the movie, the, the five years she was she wanted to be the queen. I, I, like, I want to do my rant because I feel I have no problem with them trying to like her going back to her roots, her heritage, and us kind of learning about Native Americans, especially in the present day. I'm fine with that story. I think that's a story that needs to be told. However, with Echo, I don't know if she was the character to do to bring that story on. I don't know if she's the character to give these like Native American powers to. Here's why. Echo is a villain. She's kind of a piece of shit person. Yeah. <laughs> like she's all about I mean, she's runs a gang, right? She's a gang leader. She works for Wilson Fist. She's a villain. And her whole motive was to take over when she goes back to town is to take out Wilson Fisk. Take over his company. Yeah, yeah, take over his stuff forcefully and put the people that is like her family in danger in doing so. But no, and at she the knew end, she was doing that and she didn't yeah, care. she didn't care. She kept forcing it. She's not a good person. And it seems like Disney was like, hey, we need, we're going to support Native Americans. We're going to support this tribe. We're going to make this all about Native Americans because this is a Native American character. And this is going to be about celebrating Native Americans. And perfectly fine. They did that with What If. They threw in a brand new original character in the season two. It's arguably the best episode of that whole season. And I think I do have it ranked, spoiler alert, when I go through each. Yeah, I have it ranked as the best episode of that season. And it's literally a similar story about this girl who's part of the Native American tribe. She finds essentially like the afterlife, gains powers, and is able to come back and essentially fight back the colonizers. And she it gets a little preachy at the end. But like this character is all about having powers of like Native American spirits and like is all about like the heritage of Native Americans. And it's a beautifully well-told story. And then they try to do the same thing with Echo. And I'm like, this is not a good, this is a villain. This is not the person to do the celebration yeah. with. And Echo, yeah, she still had to learn how to become good. She was just starting just because yeah. killing Wilson, uh, uh, Wilson killing Fist. Kingpin, 
yeah, Kingpin or Wilson Fisk or whatever you want to say at the end. I mean, at the beginning or technically the beginning of the show doesn't make you a good character for killing for killing the bad guy. That still makes you a bad person. <laughs> like, and the way she went on a tyrant after that is like, oh, yeah, she's still it, a villain. Here's here's another thing too because I feel she never I feel like not be it. I feel like this is a white person trying to celebrate Native Americans rather than Native Americans just like celebrating themselves. And I say yeah. that because it's like, hey, oh, this is the first Native American hero. Oh, we got to be very Native American about it. And I felt that way about Miss Marvel too. And the one thing I really about, like, what I love about Miss Marvel in the comics is that she is a Muslim character. She is a family who practices that religion, but like that is not her character. Her character is in her culture. It is in her heritage. Her character is her and her personality. She just lives in that world. And we get to learn and see that world through her lens. Right. Yeah. But the, but the show didn't really do that. It wasn't like, it wasn't about her character. It wasn't about Kamala Khan. It was about her heritage, her background, her, you know, in India, I forget if it was India or Pakistan where she goes back or it was in Nepal. I forget exactly which country she goes back to, but like it became more about her heritage rather than the character itself. And that's what I felt like they were trying to do with Echo. Yeah. They're like, it's about the heritage. It's like, no, it really should be about the character. Like this is a character who has a one-on-one relationship with Kingpin. Like that's already fascinating. Daredevil shows up for an episode. Fascinating. She's deaf and you have to figure out like, yeah, and you can like mess around with that too in like a more audio way. And it gives some like it gives the casual fans a new experience, but also puts it in her world. Like you already have a really good self-contained story that you can tell in five episodes that will draw people yeah, in. Echo turn on Fisk entirely. How does she become a better hero yeah. at the end? Like you have the story, you have it all there, and you went back to like rather than the story of the person living in the heritage because she could have went back to her family or I, I would have seen that coming so if she talked to her grandma or something and talked to her family about becoming mm-hmm. a better person would have been the better turn angle i guess for me yeah. to bring that character growth in and then you get a better version of echo because of her the heritage she was around like that's the better way to pursue what they're trying to show in my opinion yeah. like, i get what you're trying to show you just did it horribly it didn't do it well it it started out great it was like a four episode for me and I was excited yeah, to watch the one, rest. I was, yeah, I was thrilled. I got the first one. The second one, I was like, all right, I see what she's doing. She's going to become queen. I like how she can arc the rest of the five episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I said the weird thing at the beginning of the second episode is like the little cross thing was a little bit weird. I didn't quite understand what was going on too much there. Yeah. It was like out of place, but that's fine. I, and then they continued showing that, that person and then continue to show it again. And I was like, well, you know, you got to make it realistic, too. (laughs) One thing was like the realism of it all, too. It's like, all right, make it feel real. Make Mm -hmm. it feel for me. If you're just throwing it out there to throw it out there, it it doesn't seem authentic enough. And when it comes off as fakey, it drives me nuts. It's hard to believe. Like, even this is a magical world. This is a magical world where people get superpowers for random reasons, but you still have to explain it. It still has to be believable within its own world. And Echo didn't really take the time to do so. And even the first scene where it's like, here's these Native American or like, 
here's this background. It looked very sci-fi. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is Echo. This is supposed to be grounded. <laughs> but now I'm looking at like people in this like weird tub and they're Native American looking. And I'm like, is, is this a story about aliens and Native Americans? Or is this a story about, you know, a deaf girl who's fighting Wilson Fist? Like, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Like, the deaf girl that's a badass fighter that does a lot of cool stuff that uh, is a very strong, independent person. I know. Yeah. That's I don't know. Great. It felt like they were trying cool to do enough. a lot, like way too much. I wrote I, this. I brought something oh. up about the writer, actually, who wrote this. Okay. And, and the person who wrote this story, her reason and response why she changed Echo's powers. And I quote, it's because I thought Echo's powers and abilities were boring. And I didn't want to give the audience any boring. I wanted to do something different and special. So I changed her against the comics and did, kind of did my own thing. Like the hell, <laughs> which is fine if you, if you do it well. Yeah, it's fine if you do it well. What I hear is that I actually don't like the character Echo, <laughs> so I wanted to make my own character. So I did. Is, is the writer Zach Snyder? Did he write this? Because like that, very, that sounds like <laughs> Zach Snyder. Like I really love <laughs> Batman, who uses guns yeah. and then he torches people. Like. You mean you don't like Batman? You like a version of Batman that isn't Batman? Yeah, but it's Batman. It's like, uh... yeah, your Batman doesn't doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's not Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's like who, what? Uh, who was being the a fan for, was kind of tough. Who's the writer for this? What was her name? I pull it up. Uh, her, and how can you say Echo is boring? Like she has a cool story. Marion Dyer. Like if you have a writer that's like, oh, Echo's boring. Yeah, yeah, Marion Dr. Okay, I like. I don't mind some of this writing of like her and Wilson Fisk. I will say I watched a couple of videos and there. Um, Critical Drinker. I usually don't. When it comes to like any movie that comes up, that's about like a female writer, I feel like he's very uh, biased. But he had some good points. Talk about how Wilson Fisk is like this badass villain, but he keeps like undeniably believing in echo and keeps trying to like get her on his side to a point where like he's constantly getting hurt by this person and he keeps like fighting for her and it looks it just makes wilson fisk feel weak and anytime he deals with echo he gets shot in hawkeye he gets beaten by her and then in the show he's getting beaten it's just like this fucking kingpin diabolical as ever you would never have a relationship that deep or you'd have a relationship with echo but once she crossed the line wilson fisk is known especially again this is where i go against comics like he's known to like she could do right, it once me over i don't care about you she could do like, it that's once wilson fisk. Yeah. but he would like come back with like other plans you'd extend the extend Every the hand shot in the eye. Like, he would have backup plans upon backup plans. Like, he would extend the hands. Like, oh, you're not going to take that? Okay. And his backup plan was, all right, I'm just going to kidnap the people you care about and hope that you join me. And she's like, nah, Native American powers, bitches. Like, that's... Also, I've never... I, I'll never visit my friends and won't even talk to my best friend when I come and visit. <laughs> oh, they're captured. I must save them. And you're like, you didn't even want to talk to her. What the yeah. You couldn't even visit her. Anyway, yeah, the story, 
It started off hot, didn't end well. And then it's my opinion of it all is yeah, it's it's not it's not a good one. So no, okay, let's talk about um, how do you like the Spotlight series? This is the first of MCU's Spotlight where you don't have to watch anything else. What was your thoughts on it just being a Spotlight series? Do you want to see more of those? I mean, as far as a Spotlight series, I liked a. I like the quick little small series. It, I, I feel like if it would have been done a little bit well, just to give you a little bit more backstory of Echo mm-hmm. and who's, like you said, if they focus more on the person itself rather than the heritage of a person, they really take the the person personal approach. I think it'd be cool to have like more spotlight series of people that we don't know some of these smaller end characters that a lot of people don't don't know. <laughs> I mean, think about if you go to, you know. Not exactly Teenage Warrior and mm-hmm. Deadpool. Having a small series on them would be awesome. I, I think so. Uh, a couple would be, right. one would be a fun one. If you had to do it with a lot of those characters, I think it could be fun if you just focused on the characters. So I wrote a list. And it's a decently long list of characters I think would be cool to see in a Spotlight series. All right? And let's, I was going to ask you to write a list too, but... I didn't get time. I didn't. I like had the idea and I forgot, but I wrote my own list. So, and I wrote these in tiers. So, all right. The first tier is like, these are like, these are like main characters. These are characters we already know really, really well, but it'd be cool to tell like a one off series. Wong is the first one. Yep. Uh, Winter Soldier or White Wolf. Oh, you're going to call them the Winter Soldier? See, that's an interesting one, too. They didn't follow the comics, but they at least did a good job with. Mm-hmm. America Chavez. A, a villain. But anyway, yeah. yeah. America Chavez. America Chavez. Yep, that'd be a good one. Uh, and her, just like her training with Wong. Like if her and Wong just had like a training series. A, show a like mini that, series really. for both yeah. of them? Just a spotlight series. Just them developing like uh, almost like a father-daughter like relationship. Yeah, you can get a backstory of where Wong came from too, and you can get a little bit of how his father like ability and his funness that he goes because mm-hmm. he's a pretty fun character yeah. too. And Wong's and so how he can influence, and he's so like very global too. I feel like he could do a really good job of like world building at the same time. So I'm like, Wong would be one I would be excited for. America Chavez as well, Mantis, Guardians of the Galaxy, along with Nebula. I think those two in a series would be excellent. I and think the, Nebula is sweet. And the next big one was M'Baku. Because I want yep. to see more M'Baku. He just steals the scene. M'Baku would time. be a really good one. Well, yeah, he always fills the scene. He does a really good in his acting job. And then his people would be kind of cool to see his background story more in depth of his yep. people living in, living in the caves and the taverns. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I know they're making, there's talks of a Wakanda like series television like a series and i think he would be a main character especially if he's now king of wakanda right i believe he's now king technically he would be the t'challa he would be the king yeah, yeah. technically at the end at least that's what they alluded to yep um i also listed villains this is the next tier villains that would be cool for a spotlight series we already have echo baron zemo we all want more baron zemo right baron zemo I think will be the villain of the Thunderbolts. You think so? I thought that was Void. They would say the Void, but like, bear, like if they do it well, 
you would have like a build up. Zemo is a huge character. Huge. He should be huge. Like, I I feel like in Thunderbolts, they're going to build Baron Zemo up a little bit more to be more of like the vigilante fighting. I mean, you know about all the different types Mm -hmm. of Avengers there are. So like Baron Zemo would be another good one to split another group off of. Kind of like how they split. They're already splitting like the kid marvels and yeah. all the kids off in one, and these off in one. Baron Zemo would be a very good one. Well, this if I, become a large if, they follow, if they follow comic books, he would just be the leader of the Thunderbolts. Because in the comics, he's a, I think yeah. he's the leader and one of the main characters. So it's weird that he's not even in the movie already. Um, Modoc, he's got to come in. Modok. If Modok was that what done right. Yeah, if Mordok was done right, I don't know if anybody. I don't know if I want to see that head again like that. Taskmaster, if done Taskmaster, right. well, you say if done right, done right. Yeah, you know, comic book. That was one right. of the. Don't, comic, we're talking about another disappointment. Taskmaster, yeah. very much. <laughs> Take a great like Deadpool like villain, a villain that's very cocky, very like I don't even care if they gender swap Taskmaster doesn't matter just give taskmaster the same like personality they're like nope newt well taskmaster i think should have been just a bigger villain yeah that's that's, i'm sorry she at this in this case she should not have been able to be beat for at least a little while and you would have had the heroes get beat up and taskmaster leave like he does Uh, that would have been cooler but they're like nah they got beat but anyway yes taskmaster would be fun Yes. I have one another big one that I would love to see. J. Jonah Jameson. Just uh, him, a series about yeah. him flipping oh, around with Spider-Man. Sweet. And Spider-Man like, is just like... You could do little background. shorts of J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Like, kind of like they did the Groot series. Oh, that'd be great, Groot. too. Just little oh, shorts little short of him freaking out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, with so, Especially all the characters they have going on now. Oh, that'd be so good. All right, so, so I have awesome. side characters. That's my new next tier. Katie from Shang-Chi. Just a series yeah. about her telling other people about her adventures with Shang-Chi. See, these would be fantastic shorts. <laughs> other uh, going Spider-Man. Either Ned, MJ, or Flash getting their own like short spotlight series. Especially if it was Flash. Yeah. Flash should be a fun spotlight series. Just like him telling just everybody the stories. Him and Spider-Man. Yeah, he's my best friend. And just like see like his struggles of growing up. I think like I feel like that would be a fun series. Two other ones. Red Guardian. David Harper. I think it would just be a blast to yeah. see. That would be a fun series too. There's a lot to that that series a little bit too. They could go into for a small shorts or five episodes even. Black Knight, Kit Harrington. Because we only seen him a little bit See, in Eternals. Did they talk about trashing that though? If they're ever going to bring that, I have no idea. But I would love to like, see Kit Harrington, Black Knight. Um, and then That's I a have one character. Be- I have the last tier. These are the obscure characters, and I only have two. The first one is Madison from She Hulk. Wong's girlfriend, Madison. Oh. <laughs> Wong's girlfriend? Yeah, you can call her the girlfriend. Yeah, that would, that would be a fun one. 
That would be great. I'm just telling you, Wong, uh, America Chavez, and then Wong's girlfriend Madison in a spotlight series. Doesn't have to be movies with them. Doesn't even have to be serious. Doesn't have to be serious. It could be a fucking comedy. It could be a freaking sitcom. Like I would be in for that. I'd watch that. And just like call it spotlight. Like, don't take this too seriously. Like, this is not a big story. It's just just to have fun and it's gonna expand the lore. It's like She Hulk, but actually good writing. Yeah. That would be great. All right, the last one. I don't know if this would be a good TV show, but I think it would just be a cool spin-off episode. Ralph Boner. Why am I blinking on who that is? WandaVision. Quicksilver. Your name ah. is Ralph Boner? Haha. <laughs> Boner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like Evan Peters, ah. and so I I think the idea of like having just a story based on Ralph, Ralph, and just him, like dealing with the aftermath of Wandavision, I don't know why, just sounds like an interesting time for me. Like I think there's so many stories that I'm like I would just be interested if they took serious and just focus on that character. Just for a little bit, it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, just even a three episode series. <laughs> spotlight. That's it. So that's my list. Uh, which like, which one like pops out at you? Like, yes, that's one we need. The one we need is Wong. Wong would be just like just the way he's already in the characters and movies, and how he pops mm-hmm. up in a lot of these movies. He's like the most populated character in, in all the franchises right now. So if you just did a little funny thing of Wong, because everything he's in is so hilariously fun, mm-hmm. putting him in there would be, I think, would gain a lot of. We all know what to expect nothing too serious yeah. with Wong right now. So putting him in, I think even those three, you said America Chavez and then his girlfriend would be, would be Madison. amazing. That would be well, my favorite. The bigger characters, Benedict, uh, Dr. Strange could show up here and there. Um, yep. Shang-Chi can show up here and there. Like, I just feel like he's well, a, anybody like, could a show up. That's the thing. And, anybody could show up. That would be the greatest part about it. And it could be like a big event happen where like, oh my God, this evil monster from a different dimension is now attacking San Francisco. And he's just like, all right, I gotta go do the thing. And like, he comes back and then it's like, Madison's complaining like, where have you been, Wongy? Like, we need me time. It's like, I was saving the world. You know, yeah, just like have like that conflict. Like, I mean, I he was with the just... abomination too. I mean, all that kind of stuff. I'd say a one-off would be the abomination because... Oh yeah! Out of all the She-Hulk things, the Abomination was kind of funny, quirky little dude at the end, and I kind of liked that. And I was like, "Yeah, I like it." All right. Um, what What do you rate Echo? I kind of already gave my rating. Did you? Yeah. Give an official rating. I unofficially announced it. What I was giving it. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be so cruel, but. To me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it because they could have done so much better. I'm gonna say a one plus. Oh that yeah, be like the worst thing I've ever seen. You're at one plus, dang. You're you're it's in not, trash territory. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's not good. I I put it at there's a three nothing minus. that compared to it William. A what? I put it at a three, a three minus. minus. I might put it watchable? at a two plus. It's watchable. I mean, it's watchable for a movie, so it's not like super horrible. I guess well, why. Here, here's so you can what call it a two. Here, here's what I like, wrote. It, it's, Story wasn't captivating, but dr- the directing often became captivating. 
like the directing was amazing in this series. Like I really think yes. like some of the shots were great. I just the story just wasn't good. And this Yeah, I mean was, that's what really drags it down is the story. Yeah. That's why the writers won the strike in the first place. Because they are the ones that make the movies. They are. They are if the ones who write it. And that's this why shows. they should have won the, the strike. And this shows hugely. And and then when we go back to that writer again, uh, the girl the girl that wrote it and Marianne... she said she didn't like the character. When you get a, if something that has you're gonna write okay, you're gonna write for Echo, but you get a writer that says, Well, I don't this is why I go back to Dave Floney. Well, I don't actually like them. Ooh. Is that the writer you want, Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. that's the writer you should choose. Yeah, if so, you're, I mean, when the writing, I feel like if you're like, "Hey, we want you to write this," or "Hey, we want you to direct this or make this story," and you're like, "Oh, I actually don't like that character," that's probably yeah, you're right. That's like the person you shouldn't have writing it because they're not yeah, going to tell find the, the people that are passionate. They're not going to honor and, and the it, character. And it showed heavily and then i just read a couple of interviews because i watched the show i didn't think it was too horrible then i started reading the interviews before she came out with the show and stuff like that and i was like it showed it showed yep that you weren't as passionate as uh other people were mm-hmm. or i guess but is it do i think it's a terrible absolutely like steven seagullish you ever watch a steven seagull movie no <laughs> okay <laughs> So it's not like bad where I give like a Steven Seagal a one minus in some of those movies, yeah. but you know, it's, it's a, uh, it, it was enough to watch. So I wasn't like, Oh, this is awful. I wasted my life, but it wasn't something yeah. I'm going to go back like death. We need to rewatch that series again. No, I'll probably never. I'm, I'm in the same again. boat. I think the only thing I'm going to watch is the daredevil scene. And it's the first episode. And I, that's like the only like great scene. Of, that's like a four for me. Like, it was a really well directed yeah, scene. Uh, when it started off with that first episode and that recap, the way they did a recap, I thought was just great. perfect. That's I'm why like, I think... wow, this is how you want to start a show. This is yeah. the perfect kind of style of recap that you want. A different perspective of everything and all the fight mm-hmm. scenes and the action packed and like how we're getting to where we're at today. I was like, this is going to go so good. This is going to go so good. And then when I texted you, like, did you did you watch Echo? You said it's the first episode. I was like, oh. <laughs> watch the rest well, that's what you and I was like this it. is gonna and, and that's what kept me going through it to be honest I mean I probably if I didn't have the energy they gave me that first episode yeah it wasn't that whole I'm not sure I would have been making it through all five at like episode three or four I probably would have been like I agree I agree it started out well enough for like all right I want to see how this goes there's only five episodes if, but if it would have started like how episode three, four, and five went, you'd have been like, yeah, I'm done after episode two. This is garbage. Like, I don't need to watch this. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what saves it. So. I hate to say it. We have two, two more questions. Yeah. Do we see Echo moving forward? Like, or do we need to see much of Echo moving forward? Is this a well, character we're going to see again? I would think you would see Echo moving forward with Daredevil and getting that kind of that vigilante push that mm-hmm. she should be getting, maybe. Uh, it's hard to do that now because you can't. I don't, here's the thing they wrote it so you can't. Yeah. That's the problem. So I, I don't think you 
can successfully do it. So I think she's better to stay out. She's that Maybe grounded do a couple cameos. She's not really grounded. Yeah. So, so you, I would have liked her to see her in that vigilante turnaround and decide to just take down the mob, not become a part of it, and yeah. become more of that vigilante person like Echo is. And then yeah, that would have been great. But now the way they portrayed the story and the character, you, yeah, you can't. It, it's. <laughs> she's not a great character she is very much a villain she's a villain now who has spirit native he- american powers here healing spirit loving powers that try to heal his heart so that's why it's like oh yeah they did he she did heal his heart even though i don't feel like she's healed herself that yeah, was exactly a, that's what that was another ooh, we <laughs> got, thought we got, it was weird we gotta talk about that moment we almost <laughs> missed that moment did not work at all like, I feel like that ruined. I don't know what the they were thinking. And this is why I go back to the writing thing. You definitely weren't passionate about the character. <laughs> and you definitely didn't put a full character together in front of you. you were, you're trying to change a character who hasn't. It's like heard. The Witcher all over again. You ever done a podcast on The Witcher series? Uh, no. Gosh, because those writers make me want to bash my head against a brick freaking wall, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I can get it. I watched the first. Uh, season i watched part of the second season i'm like this is rough and then i never watched season two again yep and i kept seeing reviews for season two and season three just being trash and i'm like i i i cannot put myself watching a bad series even if it's for the witcher yeah and that's where where i ended with echo was kind of that where like the witcher 2 feeling because i was like all right now she's a healer of hearts and a very caring soul like yeah, that that showed. Yeah, who now? She barely even helped her friend get locked up with her friend in the roller rink. <laughs> like, what? Here's another thing too. She killed the motivation for Wilson Fisk. She killed the yeah. motivation. Like, what's his like? Why is he going to be bad moving forward? Like, it just it asked more. Or it brought up more questions than it answered, and it didn't really answer anything. Yeah significant which leads me to uh, the, yeah. which leads me to the question of kingpin is now looking like he's going to be the mayor or at least run for mayor what is yep. the future of kingpin moving forward because it seems like he is now a big part of the mcu's plan yeah i mean that's where it's interesting right like daredevil he ran for the mayor and lost so are we, we continuing with that story somewhere else yeah is he changing? I don't know. Uh, that's why I think, I've, like, Wilson Fisk was already a great character, and they kind of tarnished him a little bit, which is... Twice which, now. But hurts my heart a little bit. Twice and They also kind of tarnished Echo for me, which hurts. Yeah. So it's getting to the point, I'm like, oh, man. Do, does Disney know what they're doing? <laughs> I, you've I'm watched Mar- scary. Are you caught up on Marvels, too? Have you watched the Marvels? Marvel. The Marvel's movie? Yeah. Have you watched Secret Invasion? Yep. I watched them all. You're, okay. You're, I still so watch them all. You're, you're caught I'm, up. I'm a huge fan. I'm, I'm good. I, uh, the transition from Secret Invasion to the Marvels was so painstakingly, like, off track that it bothered the, like, the fuck out of me while watching the Marvels. Because that's like yes, Secret Invasion. Nick Fury was all like mopey. He, 
dealt with a lot. He's all like not himself. And they actively talk about how he's not himself. And he acts like he's not Nick Fury. And then in the Marvels, he's all funny Nick Fury all over again. Yep. And then they talk about scrolls, and they don't mention anything about the whole like humans attacking and hunting scrolls on Earth. They don't mention any of it. They're just like, oh, hey, we got to save some scrolls. It's like, we just had a whole scroll event that you guys failed to recognize any of it. It's like, do you guys, did you even talk? Did Kevin Feige even understand what was happening? Like, how was this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you have two back-to-back projects talking about the same groups of people and it's so different. Yeah. It didn't link up. And they, they they linked it. Yeah. They tried to link it with just the Miss Marvel series, but they didn't link the Miss Marvel series to Nick Fury other than Carol Danvers. And they, yeah, that's right. The congruency just wasn't there. And that's Mm -hmm. what scares me with all these other shows they have from Netflix where they set up Kingpin very well. It's like, did they watch the shows? Are they reviewing what happened? Did yeah. someone, the writers, actually looking at it and taking stuff into consideration? It's a little bit concerning yeah. as far as a forward look at, at a lot of the stuff that's going on. And, and that's where I'm like, whoa. And that's why I think maybe Kevin Feige got to his head and maybe it's time for a little top head change. To Someone's got to review this stuff a little bit more before it gets yep. pushed out just to make money. It's got to right. be reviewed. It's got to be good. Like, I feel like one of us could just be like, all right. What's the scripts of all these movies? Like, all right, we have two groups of pe- like different people. Oh, you you guys don't mention each other. Like, okay, I'll give you the information you need to fix that. I'll give you the information you need to fix that. So it's like line up, and you can in sync it. And yeah, it's like I know like the bigger you get, the harder it gets to keep everything like under wraps. Know, yeah. Under wraps, congruent. Um, you're not spoiling anything, but at the same time, everybody's on the same page with the story and the characters. So nothing feels like disjointed and you think they would have that figured it like figured out because they've been doing it for 10 years. And now I don't know what happened. Yeah. It's like what happened the last few years? Like I'm not going to say because it was like, well, it's the end game kick and the movies at the very beginning weren't that congruent. You're right. The very first couple of movies, they weren't congruent at all. I mean, they were still decently chunked, but they've learned over the years to get better. Mm-hmm. And now they're going back to almost square one where they aren't congruent again. And you're like, like phase three felt like everything linked up really, really well. And like everybody yep. was, they told their own story. Uh, yet civil war happened. You at least had an explanation of like where different characters were. And like, if you didn't know, you would figure it out later. And Phase four, phase five now is a thing, but like it just seems more disjointed now, like more than ever. Which doesn't make any sense after a world collapse like that. You'd think all these people would be more like as a team. Yeah. Because now they know that there's things out there and we have to rebuild the world. Like that's where I thought they were going. The rebuild, mm -hmm. put the world back together when all these people came back and they barely even referenced that in Spider-Man. It's like. Yeah, which is like. What are you doing? Like with uh, <laughs> like at least with She Hulk, there was some like past references with like the war building, and like it connected so many different stories. Whereas like as, like as bad as like the writing is sometimes with the show, like at least it's like connecting the lore. Where there's all these different yeah, shows yeah. that just like feel very disconjointed and not part of the larger world that they're building. 
Yeah, there's some shows that, I mean, I did really like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki, and those are, even at the end of Loki, they didn't actually do a connection to anybody else, which was a little bit weird. What was your thoughts on Loki? Uh, I thought Loki was, uh, the show itself, I thought was fantastic almost all the way through. Yeah. I I like the idea. I really like the the ending. ending. You oh you didn't like the ending? No, I thought the ending was great. It's a perfect fit for Loki. Oh yeah, I thought the ending made the show. I thought uh, episode yeah. two of season two was really really good. Just Loki like talking about how he's bad, and then him like leaning on those characteristics to get through interrogation, but like also writing it back. Like I thought that was just amazing. And also there's them sitting like him, Owen Wilson, Todd Hiddleston, just sitting down eating key lime pie talking about their past for the yep. characters i'm like i can do this all day and then like in be- in between that i'm like wasn't that great especially with like episode four or five with like the time machine mumbo jumbo they're like oh it's gonna break the universe and i'm like i i don't know what's happening but the ending though where loki's trying to fix everything and he like, ends up sacrificing himself for the greater good of like the universe. I'm like that. That was great. That, that was a great ending. Like, yeah. The, the, I, mean, I, I, I enjoyed it the whole way with the, with the, with the time and everything. I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, just the way that Loki really wanted to try to do what's best at the end of the life. He would always never make that sacrificial play. And then at the end he was, you know, he had the full perfect arc and that's what I liked about it. Yeah. I thought it was great. You no, know, it's a little bit, it is a little bit at the odd end. Like, where's how is that going to hold the universe together? Is he going to come? Like, is there some sort of a Avengers connection with the Kang thing at the end? Because the Kang death and not getting yeah. rid of Kang there too is kind of like Kang going to be a thing. I got now. Uh, Majors is no longer part of the MCU, but he might be with the appeals. We don't know. It's like MCU Disney kind of seems like like Star Wars seems like it's pulling itself back into relevancy a little bit more seems like they're on the right track but marvel it's a it's a tough time to be an mcu fan i oh, know did you see aquaman <laughs> i did <Gosh> dang it <laughs> the episode that well, just came out i did a rant on how it was bad <laughs> I, gosh, game good thing is that that's not james gunn yet so nope People always blame him for it, but it's like he hasn't written anything. Like, oh, James Gunn's DCU's gone off to a bad start. It's like, no, 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 no. This James Gunn is like James Gunn is like a coach that comes in mid-season for a sports team. Like, you do not judge that season. You do not judge it at all. It is you judge the next season. Like he hasn't had his own season. He hasn't had his own personnel. Those movies weren't his. Do not count it. I will say the marketing Peacemaker. Oh yeah, Peacemaker is amazing. Yep, the marketing. Yeah, the marketing. Try to market it up a little bit was him, but you know that's how do you sell a turd? I don't like to sell so good. Oh, I don't. The four, the four movies weren't actually like terrible. Like Aquaman is the worst one. Blue Beetle yeah. was like, if anything, it was just a generic origin film. Like that, at its yep. worst, that's what it is. But it's still 
a generally decent or like origin film. Shazam was like the most generic movie that was probably created by AI who really loved Skittles. Like that's that's what that movie, <laughs> yep. like that arc of the movie didn't feel like a Shazam movie. It just felt like a generic superhero film made by AI. And the Flash, yeah, I don't know what happened. The Flash had promise. It just ended poorly. Yep. I the Flash is like my number two film of DCEU. And what I mean. First Wonder Woman? Huh? Number one? The first Wonder Woman, number oh, one? The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. That's like the best movie. It's the only movie I gave a four. Flash, I think gotcha. I gave a Flash, I gave like a four minus, but now I'm looking back, I'm like, it's a three, three plus looking back at it. Like it's it started. Like it's a good three plus. I thought it started out great, but then like towards the end it kind of lost itself. But Ezra Miller was like really, really great in that film. Like he had a four plus performance, and I kind of hate saying yeah. it because I still uh, that whole that whole year I was like he should be canceled, but goddamn he did a great job. Yep, yeah, he did a good job. He, I mean, he should he, out of all canceling all the people that that that's, that should have been one on the list. But all right, before we go, I have one more question to ask you because I'm going to talk about what if after you're done. Absolutely. All right. So you haven't watched season two of what if what is the most have not. memorable episode of ep- uh, what if season one? The most memorable episode. The one that you remember the most. The one that I remember the most is just because I'm a huge Dr. Strange fan was uh, the strange Supreme episode. Yep. That is. And that was a great episode too. So I can't really complain too much about I uh, I, See, did, I remember that one the most. I did a ranking. I'm gonna save it for my listeners, but uh, I will be talking about that one next. So I just want to ask that question. But all right, yeah, I mean, any more to say, Donald? On that, on that note, nothing more to say to you. I'm excited to get to Star Wars and see the new days. But uh, yes, go you... Squirtle Squad 007. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Uh, Don't involve me. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk enough. more after off the pod. All right, thank you, Donald. Yeah, have a good one, man. Peace. All right. All right. It's just me. We're just chirping. We're just we're gonna talk about season two. And this is a series that I feel like there's not much to say on. Like we could really, I could make an whole episode talking about each episode of What If. But I feel like it's one of those stories, one of those TV shows. It's just kind of, it's nice that it's there. It's nice war building. It's a fun, how do I explain it? Like, it's not that big of a deal. But for those who are fans of the universe and want to hear more stories, it's a nice treat of a series. And that's how I felt a little bit about season one. And about, we just talked about Donald too. And I asked him the question, which episode do you remember the most? And the episode he listed is the episode that I hold dear to my heart. 
And that is, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And I love that episode from What If. And I like the other episodes from season one. Uh, the ones I remember was T'Challa being Star-Lord. I think it was just cool watching T'Challa being cool and smooth and seeing the difference. Even though like the difference wasn't really believable, especially Thanos as an ally instead of an enemy. Um, Watching Ant-Man try to figure out... Or not Ant-Man. Watching like the mystery of who killed the Avengers... And learning about the history that it's Ant-Man who killed the Avengers. Like, that was cool. What if Zombies was just... I thought it was a delight series, even though I didn't think the writing was, like, amazing. It was just a fun episode that was a, that paid homage to the Marvel Zombies comics. And now there's going to be a whole TV series for it. And then the whole... The last two episodes was Ultron, What If You Won? And bringing all these characters together into this final episode where it's like, Hey, we have the Avengers, but it's the multiverse Avengers going against Ultron. And it was a really cool, neat story that just really tied everything together. And I appreciate that for season one. It was, it was a series that it was a fun watch. You didn't need to watch it. But there's that one episode, I'm like, God, that was amazing. That's a five out of five. That episode was, like, in itself, just a delight to see. And I like that there's a series, even if it's animated, that tells us these stories. But you're allowed to have the freedom to make beautiful art. And that's, like, one problem that I have with, like, bigger franchises especially Disney-owned ones like Star Wars, like Marvel, DCEU, Harry Potter. Like, when you have these franchises where you have all these TV shows and movies, like, sometimes it's just hard to... It's hard to make your own story, and it's hard to make your own beautiful, elite storytelling. And it's hard to find that in a giant franchise because at the end of the day, they're just going to make whatever gives them money. And and we're so nostalgic. We're so want, like we're so wanting to see the stuff that as long as it's good and heck, even if it's like borderline great, we're going to pour in, we're going to pay the money to see it. So, it's rare to find really beautiful stories that make you feel something. And that's what I liked about what if is that we were able to have that episode, that one five episode, like five rating episode with the rest being filtered with fours and threes and a couple twos. Now we go to season two and the season was good. Some great episodes, but not. there wasn't a single episode that was like, damn, that was amazing. Damn, I'm glad I watched it. I felt like this was a journey that was worth it for me. And I didn't really feel that way. But the one thing I did really appreciate about season two of What If is just all the fun stories and character dynamics that we didn't get in the main story. Like, for example, just Nebula joining the... Nova Corps, we got to learn a little bit about 
the Nova Corps, where we didn't really get that in Guardians. Um, what if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? We got a different version of that story where we got to see our characters. We get to see Peggy Carter, Captain America, working with the Avengers and seeing those character dynamics, her and Black Widow's relationship, while also seeing Peter Quill being an ego, being the villain. In a diff- like, it was just really cool to see these characters interact with each other, even though they're slightly different. Like, it's just, to me, it was just interesting. I was there for the characters. And just seeing the different character dynamics play out in a different way that we're not used to. And season two did that. It. What am I trying to say here? I enjoy season two for what it was. Some good to great stories. Nothing amazing. And not a lot, for me, not enough to like really talk about. Nebula, the first story, interesting, kind of like, felt like almost the Blade Runner almost, but it was also one of those stories that I also struggled to pay attention to. I was interested, it was different, The Peter Quill attacked Ursula's Heroes, one of my favorite stories, it was just so cool to see the different dynamics, Happy Hogan Save Christmas. It was fun. It was fun to see Happy Hogan just take on his, I think, I'm assuming his character, comic book character counterpart. The Iron Man crashing the Grandmaster, just the idea of like Iron Man driving cars uh, with Gamora, not Gamora, Valkyrie. Like, it was just a fun episode. I like seeing more Iron Man, animated Iron Man. Captain Carter and Hydra Stomper with the whole idea of like, Bucky being the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D., seeing Captain Carter again for a second time. Um, I will say the gem of this season is what if the Kahori reshaped the worlds. We talked about this already. That's my favorite episode. And I really don't know if it's a what if episode. It's kind of just its own story. And I kind of want to see more of it. I want to see stories that are new original that also just establish and create the lore of the mcu a couple other episodes i like hello found the ten rings i don't know why but that's like one of the episodes that just stood out to me because i just hella as a main character was not something i was expecting to enjoy like that wasn't like a villain i was like yes i want to see more of but i found her her and the Mandarin's like relationship to be very interesting. And then just the dynamic of Hela and Odin and how Hela in a way was like Thor and just playing those comparisons out and having her character be like redeeming. And it was just a really cool twist on things. I will say like the finale with the Avengers assembled in 1602 and strange like what if strange supreme intervene i kind of just thought there were episodes there wasn't like that season finale that really got me to the edge of my seat that was like season one it was it was an episode so the really recap what of season two i appreciate it 
it was really cool just to explain the lore, to expand the characters. I wish it was like some better episodes. Like I wish there was like more elite episodes, but I will say it's a worthy of a watch. If you want to learn more about DMCU, learn more about these characters and just seeing different character dynamics, I suggest watching What If. But if that's not something you're into or you're just kind of done with the MCU at this point, also skippable. Really, there's only one episode that I'm like, you have to watch. And that is the Doctor Strange episode. Now, I did rank. I do have rankings. And I won't go into detail. There's 18 episodes and I ranked them 1 through 18. At 18, I got What If Thor Were an Only Child. That's the story of essentially Party Thor and Party Thor and Captain Marvel fought each other. And I ranked it as a two. It was, it, it was a story. I found it 